I will be reading Paul's beautiful benediction to close the book of Ephesians this morning. Tychicus, the dear brother and faithful servant in the Lord, will tell you everything so that you also may know how I am and what I am doing. I am sending him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage you. Peace to the brothers and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with an undying love. Well, good morning. I lived in in Washington, D.C. for a year, and I love D.C., and there's obviously our incredible history and beautiful, beautiful statues and memorials everywhere. And there are two statues that together tell an incredible story. There is, in the mall area, one massive memorial, and it's to Ulysses S. Grant. And maybe some of you have seen it. It's at the east end of the reflecting pool, and it sits as the shadow comes off the Capitol building. And it's pretty majestic, and you reflect, and it's, again, on his massive stallion and who he was. His leadership was, was decisive in the Union's victory, and he is a figure of, of determination and will and his fight. He's a strong man who stands against the storm. And as you go to Washington, everybody's pretty familiar with, with this statue. But there is another statue that is some two and a half miles away in kind of an undescript park. And it's of Major General John Rawlins. And this is John Rawlins. And not too many people are familiar with all that he has done, and his statue isn't as prominent. And actually, this statue has been moved eight times to different locations. But John Rawlins lived in Illinois, in Galena, with Grant, and he became Grant's chief of staff. And John Rawlins really cared for, for Grant. And one of the things that John Rawlins knew about Ulysses S. Grant was that Ulysses uh, liked to have a little bit of alcohol. And so he would come along his side and, and got his pledge from, from Grant to say, hey, you're going to fight through this, and we need you. And so whenever Grant would be tempted to imbibe, he would call him on it and remind him of his purpose and really walk through his side as he he cared for and was a strength for Ulysses S. Grant. And the truth about John Rawlins and the statue that nobody really knows about is he was a backbone and a force for the great commander, Ulysses S. Grant. And really without his support, Grant maybe would be left not even being able to get up in his saddle to fight the fight. Rollins 
is like Tychicus in the scriptures that we look at this morning. He was like the one who would come along your side. Tychicus wouldn't have the big statue. If we were to put up statues to the guys of the Bible, Paul would have the big statue. Tychicus would be several miles away, probably moved around eight or nine times. But absolutely necessary in the battle. And he's one of those guys that came alongside Paul. And it was kind of fun in my study of scriptures and and seeing who Tychicus was, and I didn't realize how often he was mentioned in the scriptures and just his journey with Paul. Because again, you know what, these are kind of closing words. You kind of throw these out. Don't you read them over pretty quickly and like, oh, it's just the benediction. Let's move on. But it's fun to study the scriptures and find out who he was. In, in Colossians 4, we see almost identical words that we just read about. It says this in Colossians 4. Tychicus will tell you all the news about me. He's a dear brother. And here's something that's added that's not in in our passage. He is a dear brother. He is a faithful minister. He is a fellow servant in the Lord. And I'm sending him for the express purpose that you may know about our circumstances And once again, that he may encourage your hearts. He was to be the postman. But he was so much more than that. He was to be the one to deliver the message. He was the one to come in and and let people know what was happening. And all that God was doing with Paul and in the ministry. Tychicus ministered alongside Paul in Acts 20. If you remember, Paul had been uh, in Ephesus in Acts, and and he gets he gets attacked uh, because the idol guys who are making idols are worried they're going to go out of business, and so they gather everybody at, at the Boise State University Stadium, and they start chanting, "Artemis is God," and they want to nuke Paul, and Paul skips out of there. And he gets back with his brothers, and right away, right away, Tychicus is with Paul. And you can only imagine, just again, the encouragement that he received from his brothers. And there was other brothers there, but Tychicus was with him. And then from there, they went on, and they went on to preach throughout Macedonia. And Tychicus was with Paul as they preached throughout Macedonia. And they came into Troas, and Tychicus was with Paul. And here was an interesting scene. There was a guy named Eutychus in Troas. And Eutychus was listening to Paul, and the scripture said, Paul kept going on and on and on about all that God was doing. And Eutychus is sitting in the window, and he falls asleep, and he falls out the window, and he dies. Praise God, you don't have too far to fall. Because I know, on and on, Richie. But Tychicus is right there, and and God uses Paul and the power of the Spirit, and Eutychus is raised back to life. Tychicus is friend, and got to be with him and see God's work. He was one of those guys that was with you 
that was with you. He really, he really reflected the nature of the Holy Spirit, the paraclete, I am with you. He was one of those guys that was a good friend. And I want you just to think for a minute, because I, I, as we studied Tychicus, as we're looking at him, I want you to think about what kind of friend you are. I've been taking a look at his character and, and this postman's character and what he's all about. And I thought, man, what, a, what an amazing friend. And are we good friends? Are we people who stay with and come alongside and encourage in the Lord? Are we friends who step in and care about? Look at the words of this good friend that are used in the scriptures. Tychicus, the dear brother and faithful servant. He becomes more than just Tychicus, my good buddy. Tychicus, the brother. In this passage we see he is the dear brother. There's something pretty powerful with that. It's just not like he's another brother or someone else, you know, that came along my side. He's the dear brother. That's real intimate, I think. And it seems like people knew that about Tychicus. The dear brother. That guy who's always with us. That guy who's the encourager. The one that I trust to send out with the good news of the gospel of Jesus. The one who's sent out to encourage. Tychicus. Can that be said of you and me and what kind of friends we are? Are you known as the dear brother or sister to someone? Have you sacrificed and served and, and given up your time and, and made effort to be a friend? We get way too busy, don't we? I think all of us, you know, there's those friends who are like, oh man, it's been way too long since we've connected. What kind of friends are we? The dear brother and sister? I think we want to be known as that. And as we study this passage and just thinking through what it means to be ones who are, are brothers and sisters in the Lord that really come alongside. And I want you to think about who is God calling you to come alongside? Maybe he's stirring you up again and maybe he's been doing it the past couple of weeks. Like, man, I really miss that friend. And I guess I'll make the effort. You know, sometimes you expect the phone call from them, but you make the effort. To have a friend, you've got to be a friend. Tychicus was that guy. I will be a friend, and I will be by your side. He was the faithful servant. Gives the idea that Paul is saying, he cares about me. He cares about how I'm doing. There was a, a football player that many of you are probably not familiar with. He was a great football player. His name was Tony Richardson. And he played for a variety of uh, different teams. But his whole purpose throughout his 17-year career was to help the other running backs have success. 
he was the guy who blocked for the other running backs. He was that fullback who came through the hole and made sure that the other guys would get ahead. That was his whole career. He actually had opportunity one year to become the main running back, the guy who would get the yards, the guy who would get the glory. And you know what? He turned it down. There was a running back, Priest Holmes. And Priest Holmes was an incredible running back. And actually, one year, he got, he got the running back of the year. He got so many yards, and he was phenomenal. But the job was actually offered to Tony Richardson, and he turned it down, and he called up Priest Holmes, and he said, Listen, I was offered this position, but I really want you to be the guy running the ball. And, and I'm going to block for you, and I'm going to make sure you get through that hole. And so he did for Priest Holmes. And Priest Holmes said, you know what? Tony would call me up and he would say, hey, I saw you on SportsCenter and I saw the highlights. Man, that was so cool. And Priest Holmes says, it's like Tony got more excited about the touchdowns and the highlights and the runs than I got excited about. And Sports Illustrated did a, a big interview with Tony Richardson and said, why, why is it that you didn't take the ball? And he said this. He said, you know what? I can't really explain it. It just means more to me to help someone else achieve glory than for me to. There's something about that that feels right to me. And so I'm going to continue to block and to push and to encourage and to inspire these young men as they come through the ranks. That was Tony Richardson. That was Tychicus. I'm going to block for you, Paul, and we're going to go through this battle together. What kind of friend are you? What does it look like in your relationships with one another? Serving. He was a dear brother. He was a faithful servant. He was trustworthy. I'm entrusting you, Tychicus, to take this message. I know that you're more than just a postman. I know that you will represent me, and you will represent everything that God is doing, and you are a faithful minister. I know that's who you are. I know that's your character. And so he brought that as a trustworthy servant. And he was an encourager. He was one who lifted up your spirits. He built up as he let them know what was happening. You know, Tychicus was such a good man that Paul was thinking, listen, I need someone to replace Titus and Crete. Who would I choose? And he started to look at Tychicus. He says, I want to send him out to you to, to encourage you. In about AD 66, Tychicus was sent to Ephesus. And he went there to build up Timothy. And he went there to encourage us as the church was going through Nero's persecution. You remember how tough that was? Nero would take the Christians and put them on stakes and use them as torches to light his pathway. It was Tychicus who was sent to encourage Christians. That was his character. One who would encourage 
But he had purpose. And the scriptures are really clear. Paul is saying, I have, a, I have a very good reason I want to send Tychicus to you. Obviously, the church was concerned about Paul. He's in prison. It's not harsh, harsh prison, but it's prison nonetheless. He's chained. He has some freedoms. But the church is concerned in the midst of everything that's going on about how he's doing. I'm going to send Tychicus, my dear brother, the dear brother, and I want you to know how I'm doing because I know you're concerned about me. You see, this is the joy of the community of the Lord. This is the joy of the family of Christ. That we have life together and that we care for one another. And we want to hear how we're doing and, and what's going on. And we want to pray over. And that's what they were doing. So Tychicus, go and tell him how I'm doing. Not only that, tell him all that God's doing with me. Because he's doing a great work. I may be chained, but man, the message is going out. And they need to be encouraged. And you're the guy to encourage them. And to remind them in Ephesus, which is not an easy place to be a Christian, that they too, even though there, there are a lot of walls, and you've got worship to Caesar, and you've got worship to Artemis, and you've got people who hate Christians, go encourage them in the Lord. That if I, Paul, can be here in chains, and here's what God's doing with me, you too can stand firm. What kind of friend are you? to encourage brothers and sisters to keep fighting this fight. Man, it's hard, isn't it? It's a hard journey a lot of times. And he was the one sent to encourage, to alleviate their concern, to share all that had been going on, to pray. And I want you to know what's happening, the scriptures say, and I want to send him that he may encourage your hearts. The New English Bible translates that to put a fresh heart into. To put a fresh heart into. Are you that type of person who comes alongside someone and really lifts their spirits with a, with a fresh heart, a newness, restored, reminding them of who God is, that He is the rock. Reminding them of heaven. I want to send him that he might bring a fresh heart unto you. To keep their spirits up to run the race. And I really do want you to think this morning. I don't want you to leave this place without thinking about one person that God is calling you to. To come alongside and to bring a fresh heart into and you know what, I know he's doing that because we're the family of God together. And I know he's doing that because we have a lot of stuff going on in our lives. And together we're fighting this battle. We're fighting this fight. Who's the Lord calling you to come alongside? Really be praying about that, okay? We need each other in this battle. We can't do it alone. As we prayed over the folks this morning who are hurting physically, we can't fight that fight alone. Who's God calling you? Being sent to encourage, to run next to, 
in life. You know, Max Lucado, he, he tells great stories, but he, he talks about how he ran a triathlon once. And he said, man, I did, I did this triathlon, I did the 1.2-mile swim, and, and I did the 56-mile bike ride, and I just didn't have any more juice for this 13.1-mile run that was next. And I know some of you have done these triathlons before. And he said, so I got going, and I started to run next to this guy doing the 13-point-mile run. And I, and I came up to him, and I said, hey, how you doing, man? And he's running along. And the guy responds back. He said, this stinks. This race is the dumbest decision I've ever made. And Max said this guy had more complaints than when you have to face the IRS and all their tax stuff. And he said, so my legs didn't really have it, but I was like, I need to move on from this guy. (laughs) Because if I keep running with this guy, I'm going to start to believe everything that he's saying. And he says he finally caught up to the 66-year-old grandma ahead of him. (laughs) (laughs) And he gets up to her, and he says, how are you doing? And she was just the opposite. And as she saw how he was aching, she said to him, hey, you'll finish this. You know what? It's hot, but at least it's not raining, she says. One step at a time, Max. Keep going. Don't forget to hydrate. Stay in there. And he kept running, but his legs got wearier and more tired. And she said, hey, no problem, but just keep running the race. You'll finish. Take as long as you need. And then the story says, who would you rather run next to? What kind of friends are we? How do we come alongside being sent to encourage? What does that look like for us? You know what? We've had many beautiful ministries out of this church that have been sent out to encourage. We just heard last week as the Czech team talked about the ministry out in Czech and with with the Kennings and what a blessing it was. And the Kennings talked about how much encouragement they received from this team to keep running the race. We're sending out a team to the Philippines from Coal Valley Christian to go and minister and come alongside Clark Dinkon and to encourage his spirits and to minister to that community. And I don't know how many of you are aware, but we're going to highlight it a little bit this morning, but we're sending out 25 people, actually 26 total, 25 from this church that are going to be partnering with Young Life and Gary Parsons, our old Young Life leader of this area. And they're going to be going mid-July to Ukraine to go and encourage the leaders there and to minister and and to share their hearts. I want to show you uh, a little video of the ministry that's going on in Russia and the former Soviet Union And then Greg and Laura Alexander, who are going to be leading this trip, are going to come up and just share with you why they're being sent to encourage. All right? Show that video, if you would. Well, thanks for the opportunity to to share that this morning. Hang out with Gary Parsons before long. You're committed to do a whole bunch of stuff. Um, Gary's like a Paul. You know, we've been going to um, Woodleaf the last couple of years, and just getting to meet some of the Young Life leaders over in Russia, 12 time zones. We have three or four in America, and, but 12 and you know, 15 different countries. 
it is an amazing, amazing place. But to get to know these leaders and, and they're wondering why, why do we come to Young Life Camp to, to meet them, you know, it was just a blessing for us. You know, he called on February 5th and said, we bought the flat and uh, next to the Young Life Training Center in Chernofsky, uh and that's been running since 1994, but they bought this flat next door. And that flat, they're going to want to put a coffee shop in, in, in that building there. The university is only two blocks away um, from this training center that has been meeting needs of kids and adults of 500 to 1,000 kids a week come through this training center and if you're going to get trained for the former Soviet Union to do, to do Young Life, you're coming through this uh, facility. This, uh, this picture on the right is the courtyard. I guess I can look up, up there. That's kind of cool. Um, is the courtyard on the right. That The facility to your right is the new flat that they just purchased. This is, is disarray. The first pictures we had seen, you know, it didn't look bad, but it was from a different shot. And so... This one, look at this one. This is just awful. Over here, look at all the, all the graffiti. It's just, um, they just don't have time. They're loving on kids. They're just taking care of their leaders. You know, people are coming in and being blessed by them. And so we want to go over and be a blessing to them. You know, I was thinking about it the other day. There was a gal on the, on the road on Eagle Overpass, and she's she got a flat tire. She's crying, sitting in her chair. I pull over, you know, her flasher's on. And I, and I changed her tire. It changed her day. You know, that's, it was just a simple thing. For us, going, it's a simple task. We just go. We go and just hang out with them, do some painting, things that are simple to us. But yet they don't have the time because they're, they're spending all their resources putting together clubs and opportunities to love and share the gospel. You know, $100 to them buys a septic tank where they can put two toilets in uh, for their club room. You know, Tom and Donna called me that and told us that uh, this morning. That's what a difference of just a little bit of our resources, $100. Think about us putting in a septic tank. You know, we'd probably hire somebody to do it, get it done, you know, that kind of thing. Or it would take us a lot more than $100 to get that taken care of. So those are the kinds of things that we're able to do to, to help them, you know, just painting and bringing in stoves. That, that's an encouragement to them. It, it's kind of, as, as Donna put it in the email, and she said it's like a blood transfusion. You know, when you come and help, your blood is, and your excitement, you know, kind of like the heart, you know, you're now pumping your blood into them, and their blood is in you. Your blood brothers and sisters when we get done. It, but it's amazing. It's a halfway around the world. You know, when we went to Guatemala, it's the same thing. I still don't forget those little kids that all of our team got to love on and the families and the, and the way we got to minister with them. They wonder, why are you giving up your vacation days, which many of our folks are doing. I know I'm a principal and have that time off, but there are other people who are taking their vacation days during the year to go and just hang out with these guys and, and love on them. So that's kind of that's what's going on. And, and there's a picture of Jeannie you know, in downtown uh, Chernofsky, and what a great opportunity um, to go and see the, the culture as well. But we're going to go there to love on the orphans, to love on the leaders, to love on this facility to help them uh, continue to meet the needs of 500 to 1,000 kids, and hopefully soon with a coffee shop where kids from the university can come and hang out and, who knows, maybe hear the gospel. So thank you very much.
if there's, if there's any people uh, who have the gift of encouragement, uh, it's those two. And uh, there couldn't be anybody better to, to be sent out to encourage um, just because of their love for the Lord. And so they're going to go in mid-July. And again, there's, there's 25 folks from this body. And uh, I, I'm, I'm one of those practical guys. Uh, they're about halfway there financially. And uh, so they need us. They need us to help send them out so that they can be sent uh, to encourage. And uh, if you want to, if the Lord calls you to do that, uh, which I know he is right this very moment, get your checkbooks out. But uh, no, write write checks out to Young Life uh, and put the Ukraine uh, trip in the little memo and just stick it in the box in the back of the church. And and let's send these guys so that they can be sent to encourage You'd be blown away what God's doing in the former Soviet Union. I mean, kids are coming to Christ all over the place. Um, and so they're going to get to be part of that. Uh, I can't wait for the report when they come back uh, of what God has done. What kind of friends are we? What kind of people of God are we? I hope we are, will become more like Tychicus, those who are sent to encourage, to come alongside to be with, to offer strength to. And he wraps up his benediction as he says, I want to send Tychicus to encourage you, and here's my prayer over you, dear saints, that God's peace would be upon you. And love from faith from God, that's where the love comes from, our relationship with Christ our relationship with the Lord. And may God's grace be to all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with an undying love. You see, it was God's undying love that showed his incredible grace through his son, Jesus Christ. And now that's offered to all of us. And God's work, he came into our lives and he changed us from within. And now he's living his life out through us. This is why we can be those who are empowered, sent to encourage. This is why we can be good friends. This is why we should be going deeper because we're brothers and sisters in Christ. God's grace is upon us. And this morning we get to take communion together to reflect and to remember God's grace upon us. And so let me just pray, and then as a body of Christ, we're going to take communion. Father, I too uh, thank you for this book of Ephesians that you gave us. I thank you for the dear brother, Tychicus. And although uh, he doesn't have the big statue, uh, he's an incredible example to us of what it means to come alongside and uh, to support and to encourage, and to bring good news. And Lord, may we we grow in those ways. I pray for us as a body that, that we would be good friends to each other. And Lord, help us. Some of us don't have friends. And Lord, we just ask for friendship. Help us to be friends that we might have a friend. And Father, I pray... I pray that uh, you will do a good work in this body. I thank you so much for the peace that is upon us because of our relationship with you. 
I thank you for your grace. And I thank you for your son, Jesus, that we have life because of his death and resurrection. How amazing is your love to us, Father. In your beautiful and precious name, amen.